to episode 37 of the UK Steelers podcast. Uh, I'm joined by two of my usual three amigos, Dave Hart and Gavin Marshall, and I'm also joined by a special guest today, uh, the winner of our um, picks competition, the draft picks competition, Matt Duncan. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. Yeah, We've good. Uh, already lost 20% of our, our rich fans who instantly turned off. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so as soon as that nice, like, subtle, um, you know, American voice just passes out the window, that's it, everyone's switched off. But the Dave fans are still here, and that's the rest of the contingent, so... That's true. You say fans, it's it's just fan, I think. I think I've got one. Singular. Um, How is she? She alright? <laughs> well, we learned your wife stopped listening, Gab, so you've you got no room to talk. Um, Matt is here to even out the numbers of Southerners to Northerners, which I'm pretty disappointed with, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Thank you. Appreciate having me on. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, so you won our, our pits competition, right? The um, the I can't remember. Like twenty odd people came in. You were the oracle um, that, that sort of <laughs> got the most points on the NFL pits competition. Um, I I did awfully. I came twelfth. I think I, I completely screwed it up. I was overthinking it, but um, you nailed it, right? So um, before we get into sort of your story with the Steelers and that, how did you how did you win this competition? What was your thought behind it? Uh, well, it was pretty close actually to us. I think I was, uh, yeah, the Oracle was a, a nice, a nice title, but I think I won it by about ten or twenty points from the next guy ahead. I mean, it was a, re- it was a good competition actually. First time I've done like a pick competition for the draft. Um, you know, with these drafts, it can be anything, kind of. You never know what's going to happen, uh, especially when the trades start coming in. But uh, yeah, it was good this season. Uh, shame the Steelers didn't have a pick in the first round, but uh, in my opinion, I think the first first 10, 15 picks were really sort of set out as they were. You know, like there was obvious needs from the first 10 teams that were picking and there was the players to suit that at the top of the draft. It wasn't one of those uh, seasons where there was three, four quarterbacks, you know, going the top five or top 10 um, or, you know, a, a, a flurry of like running backs. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a weird draft, wasn't it? As you guys saw with all the um, virtual thing. And I thought with all the technical problems that may or may not happen and, uh, without the famous green room and seeing all the hugs with the commissioner and that, that I thought it was going to be quite a fast first round um which it kind of was in the end wasn't it without yeah. without many trades until for the end so it was very fast very quick because uh, it was basically just a group of guys sitting in their living room watching the screen and uh, <laughs> no no matter how good the analysts were they can't really fill time for that long so yeah it was quite good and um I was lucky with a couple of the picks I think especially the top 15 um and I almost nailed the top 10 um I wasn't quite sold by the Herbert to Dolphins thing. I know, Sai, you were... Uh, yeah, I was, totally, I was totally hook, line and sinker on that one. Yeah, yeah that was all, a massive smoke screen. Yeah, all of these guys. I mean, they managed to tank for Tua without actually tanking for Tua. Um, so I was actually really pleased with them because, uh, you know, I thought they were going to have to give up a couple of their draft picks to maybe move up. But um, I think they were saved by his injury, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I do have a, uh, a theory that I think if he didn't get injured... And kept on playing through the season. I have a theory he probably would have maybe gone top pick. I mean, I know it's quite controversial, but um, him over Burrow, I think that would have really 
shaking things up at the top. So uh, it would have been closer, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he 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 did it for longer, right? Barrow was a one-season yeah. success, so yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it's just the injuries. Yeah, you got to think about. It. I mean, it's not just the hip injury. He's had sort of you know ankle surgery on both ankles. I think it is as well. So there's yeah. clearly the concerns. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Burrow. I mean, obviously he's had the best best season of any college quarterback. But yeah, you're right. It's only one season. Was he a product of just being in the right place at the right time? Um, you know, I saw a stat that every single uh, member of the LSU offense has either got drafted or picked up as a, a UDFA. You know, so <laughs> you, that's, a, that's a pretty superstar team. Um, and, yeah, you know, and I'll I tell you, sorry to interrupt, i tell you, who, and there was another quarterback taken very high who had one very good season, uh, not going so well now, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he only started like eight or nine games, was it, I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, in one season. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, with Burrow, you got, remember he was he was sitting behind, you know, Dwayne Haskins for, was it, two, uh, a season at Ohio State and JT Barrett, which, you know, they're not household names, are they? So, uh You'll see, he'll be interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's clearly got the talent, but um, no, that was my uh, that was my controversial thought of <laughs> of the uh, draft. I have to say, awesome. yeah, well, it definitely looked like that. You know, at the start of the year, didn't it? I mean, that was kind of tour was the kind of nailed on number one. It was just Borough came from nowhere almost, yeah, to kind of cement having sort of one of the best college football seasons ever in the history of quarterbacking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, it, at, at the situation was obviously he was a dead set number one. Um, I mean, things like the tackles and the wide receivers, obviously you're very, very lucky to get that right. I think if you looked at five different mock drafts, you get five different top fives for tackles and wide receivers. Everyone was sort of each and every guess. But um, yeah, no, I was pleased to get the top. I almost got the top 10 picks, I think. Was it, was it Andrew Thomas going to yeah. the Giants? Was my one eye yeah. slipped up on. That was but, a hard um, one. Yeah, that was a tough one to get. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I thought they were going to go tackle. Um well, I think I had Tristan Wurfsko in there because yeah. he was my number one tackle on the board. But um, Thomas, I think, is better in the better in the run game. I mean, um, yeah, I think it sort of shows that they're wavering towards, you know, maybe supporting, you know, Saquon Barkley more over Daniel Jones. Mm. Um, I'd say one of the disappointing things of last year was probably like the demise of Barkley. Um, I actually managed to go to New York last year for the Cowboys Giants Monday night game in November, uh, awesome. the famous Black Cat game. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was that was the most exciting part of the game. I'm not. <laughs> it, it really, really was. I was so excited to go and see Barkley, and he got is it uh, 28 yards of 14 <laughs> runs, and I think Daniel Jones ran for 56. I mean, he got out yarded by Daniel Jones, so <laughs> that was um, yeah a bit depressing. So yeah, I suppose that pick was to. Yeah, the guy can play both ends of the line. He's a bit more durable. Um, but hey, no, it was a it was a good competition. I was uh, I was glad I managed to do so well, to be honest. Yeah, awesome. Well, no you well nailed done. it. Yeah, and you certainly yeah. you certainly know your stuff, right? I mean, um, tell tell us a little bit more about how you kind of got into the NFL. How long you've been you know watching? We've we've all spoken about this ourselves, right? And uh, I'm going to be taking pointers off you. It sounds like next year. So <laughs> tell us uh, tell us how you got into the NFL. You obviously you watch a bit of college as well, do you? Yes, yeah, so a big a big college football fan at the moment. That's sort of been a more recent thing. Um, NFL fan really since probably 2004. Um, okay. Like like most people, my first instruction was Madden. <laughs> um, yeah, I think 2004 was the one with Michael Vick on the cover. You know, nice. where you, he was like 98 out of 100 or something, and you just won every game if you were him. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with the Steelers uniform, and actually in 2005, I just came across a game on TV, and it happened to be a Steelers game, and yeah, just watched it ever since. Um, 
obviously 2005 was a, a good year to be a fan because that was the first year yeah. Ben came in and it was 15 and one I think that year um it was a yeah a good year and then obviously 2006 was the Super Bowl year um but uh no I just love the Steelers the more I like looked into it um I like sort of the history of sports and like the background of teams and like that sort of thing and obviously yeah they're one of the more st- storied um franchises in the league and then you know when you looked up the players in like the 70s and all the franchises then um and then yeah I just love watching them um especially the defensive side of things I think seeing them make such a big impact the whole time um you know with players like Polamalu who is my all-time favorite player you know barn on NFL I think yeah, he's well, just... that, that might that might sense if you're getting in in at that time that was that was when it was I mean the whole league was about him wasn't it it was everything was about him he was like a sensation in that in that season Oh, yeah. It's amazing. yeah, it was amazing. You know, seeing him, you know, like uh, guess the uh, snap count and jump the offensive line and yeah. things like that. And with that whole defense with like Farrier, Foot, and Harrison, you know, the linebackers, they were just it was ridiculous. It was uh, amazing watching those games and seeing them dominate basically. Um, so yeah, pretty much been a been a fan since then, trying to watch it. You know, to the demise of all my mates. And uh, <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, with, with, you, with you being a, a college fan, how does that affect your? Um, Relationship, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the college band that's difficult, you know. Obviously, staying up late watching those, but it's sort of a uh, yeah, the Sunday nights, obviously, NFL with the Monday nights, trying to stay up for those. The college games, yeah, I've got the ESPN app to so try and try and watch some of those, but mostly just like um, uh, old mess games or um, like Clemson games, the two teams I really sort of follow. Um, but I just, I just love the whole draft process you know the whole development aspect of you know college to the league obviously that's something we don't have over here but i just think it's such a yeah such a cool concept um you know the guys are pretty much pros as soon as they step into college and um that whole process of going through the draft and into developing to a professional i think yeah it's fascinating so i just like following someone's career you know like watching a guy from college up into into football and that whole that whole aspect of things. So yeah, that's how I got into it really and my love for it. Yeah, I think you're in good company here with that because us three are the same, right? That's one of the things I know when we spoke we loved the most. We were really excited for draft season because we've we all three of us, you know, love the draft and love sort of getting to know these prospects. But I think what's difficult for us is that when it comes to sort of looking at these guys that we don't really start until the season ends, right? As as a lot of NFL fans do. So I think if yeah, you've got absolutely. the time and you you know you can you can get into the college football, it's really sort of helpful in your understanding of who these guys are and you've got a bit of a head start. So, um, yeah, maybe we need to talk to you next year before the draft. <laughs> We're a bit late on the gun with this one. Um, so, you know, obviously, I mean, it sounds like you got into the Steelers um, at the right time. I famously got in um, precisely at the wrong time, sort of just after they'd won the second Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yet to really feel any great success. Um, in terms of sort of the, the upcoming season and the future, sort of maybe even post Big Ben, what, what are you kind of feeling? We've those three have obviously spoke about what we think, but what are your thoughts on the team going forward? Are, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Um, yeah, I think you've always got to be optimistic when you know you've got you know Ben as a quarterback and especially Tomlin as a head coach. Um, uh, yeah, obviously we don't know if this season is going to be played or when it's going to be played. So I think that's going to have a massive effect on you know, when the players can get back together again. Um, yeah, over the next few years, I don't know. I think, you know, the Steelers. I think they've got to really find their like identity on offense a little bit more. Um, you know, this draft has sort of took me by surprise when they took certain players. If that makes sense, you yeah. Know, like value. Um, 
you know, obviously, I, I hate saying this because it's really corny, but you know, like when we had that, the killer bees and it was just, <laughs> you know, number one offense in the league. You know, we've had a sneaky good offensive line, I think, for years and people just took that for granted, you know. Like, it's always just mm. been one of our strengths. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bringing in, it was a Derek Watt this year and things like that. Are they going to return a bit more to sort of the power running game? Well, we don't know. Um, so I'd like to see, yeah, and, and Ben, is he going to be one year out? Do you think, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but do you think he's going to be one more year or two, three years? I don't know. It's, it's sort of weird how they're going to plan for after Ben. I don't want it to be one of those really cheesy Tom Brady things where he ends up down in Florida. <laughs> oh, God, no. I don't, I, yeah. I don't see him being that guy. I think once he's done, he's just going to hang the boots up, right? He's not, he's not drinking any kale smoothies down in Jacksonville. No, no. definitely not. Not with that no. beard, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I, I kind of, I can kind of see him doing another two years, but it, it really depends how this surgery's gone and the rehab's gone, right? I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, they're, they're making noises like it's uh, it's all gone without a hitch, but no one really knows till he starts throwing again, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, you don't know, but you know, for him, really, obviously, I know you guys have spoken a lot about the backup quarterback situation. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got to be worth what three to five games a season if he's out injured, realistically. Um, so yeah, it's how they plan for you know, after him basically, um, and then the defense. I mean, I love the, I love the defense really. Such like a young sort of dynamic like linebacker core, especially. I mean, I know he's only one year in, but I think Bush could be a really, like really good player. You know, sort of like a couple of plays last year, he was a, a step behind maybe. You know, when he was sort of learning the ropes, but I think he could be as good as Shays here, definitely like a leader for the team. Um, and yeah, I like where they're going. Sort of, they've got a decent secondary now. They're building on that. Um, so yeah, it'd be just good to see a couple of the whole, you know, a couple of steel curtain games. You know, um, you know, classic Steelers really run them, run to the middle, and then sort of stop them getting more than fourteen points a game would be would be nice to get back to that again, I suppose. How do you feel yeah. about the Steelers draft overall? Was it? Do you feel like there was a few reaches in there, or was it? Were you quite happy with it overall? Yeah, I think I think like most people was a little bit sort of underwhelmed by it at the start um and then sort of looking back in hindsight you can sort of see why certain people i mean i know you guys had sort of pigeonholed claypool as a potential um i think he'd be a great red zone target you know he's a he offers size which we don't really have in the receiver especially in the wide receivers and he could be an h back like you guys mentioned um i think dotson was probably a reach um you know he, he uh uh, I saw some things like he he played in the Sun Belt Conference in college, which you know, he, and he dominated. He did really really well, but obviously that's not exactly the SEC, and you're not exactly playing like Alabama or someone every week. So shots fired be... at the raging Cajuns. Well, you know the best name, <laughs> the best name in college, but can they back it up on the field? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I th- I think McFarlane is an exciting. He could be a good. I think he could be the one from this whole draft that you know could be the most exciting prospect. Yeah. Um, but he needs to be a bit more you know, creative. So I hope maybe with a big offensive line in front of him making holes, you know, when he gets going and gets his speed, that's when he's, you know, that's when he's at his best. So, yeah. yeah I, think, he, I think he's definitely going to have a role on the team. It's whether, whether yeah. it, that progresses and becomes like more of a feature role, you know? Yeah. Uh, and maybe it sort of sees, it depends what the plans are for Connor, right? You know, in the next few years, you know, are they going to keep going on with him? Is he a real true sort of number one, you know, for the team or, are they going to start playing a more sort of feature role and a sort of a running back by committee? But uh, yeah, overall, I think it was it was more of a depth draft, wouldn't it? Really, like there's yeah. not too many starters there. There's a lot of developmental guys, obviously with like Brooks as well. Later on, was he sixth or seventh round? Um, yeah. 
this famous Swiss Army man. <laughs> All about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he like he's a, he he could be a great place to develop him. But yeah, it's one of those that I think we won't probably get to see how good they are for like another three four years. Then you can look back and say it was a good draft or not because there's a lot of developmental guys in there. I think. Yeah. What about the Highsmith Highsmith pick? Hmm. Yeah, I, d- I didn't really, I didn't really know too much about him, if I'm honest, before the draft. But he looks like a guy with like a massive. He's got a massive motor, you know. Plays with effort. He's a sort of steelersy guy, um, you know. He's got that. He's got. He's got that motor with him. But um, realistically, he's going to be a backup to a sort of Watt and Dupree, isn't he? So maybe playing certain packages. Um, but yeah, I feel that was like a depth chart because we love taking young <laughs> outside linebackers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just think with him, I, I just think he's got the potential to become like that kind of cult Steelers kind of in the way that Chicolo never did. Just he, mm. I think he could, you know, everyone, everyone could be calling for him, you know, especially on special teams if he establishes himself there. But just the aggression and physicality he plays with and energy, I, I'm excited to see what he, he can do in the preseason if there is one. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, you can see that on the, some of the some of the short clips that I've seen. He's, he's clearly got that, like I said, the motor, and he, he, you know, he stands out from just how he tries to break through blocks. You know, double teams. He's he's constantly working, constantly fighting. So yeah, he sounds like he uh, sounds like he fit well in with the team. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we, we're going to talk a little bit about the the schedule in a minute. Um, you mentioned though before we do, you've been you went to the Giants Cowboys game. Um, mm. you, have you been to Heinz? You've been to any Steelers games? Uh, I haven't, unfortunately. Um, I've only been to um, only been to America once. That was November last year. So I went to the um, yeah the Cowboys Giants game. Then went up to see some family in Boston. I saw a Boston College um, a Florida State game, uh, which is great. I mean, like college atmosphere to NFL atmosphere. I mean, it's yeah, it's a massive, massive difference. I have to say, uh, tailgating for like six hours before the game that was interesting. Um, but um, yeah, it was fun. I got to see AJ Dillon like play um, because obviously Boston College used to be, yeah, used to be a bit of a powerhouse. You know, I think Matt Ryan came from there you know, all those years ago. Um, but yeah, it was a good game, um, Florida State, um, and uh, yeah, and uh, was at Boston College. But no, haven't quite made it to Hinesfield yet. The famous Hinesfield is a little bit too far away, and I couldn't quite drive the girlfriend out there for a cold, <laughs> cold uh, November <laughs> game. Yeah, that might be a tough sell. How was there? What was the Giants? Because obviously there's a bit of a rivalry there, Giants Cowboys. Was there any tension in the in the stands, or was it a fairly quiet affair? Uh, you know what the funniest thing was? They were all just rallying and just heckling the Giants head coach. His name is his name is eluding me right now. What's Garrett. His name? Jason uh, Garrett. No, sorry, the Giants head coach. Um, oh, Giants head coach. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, uh, he was... Not, uh, I can't the, no, Ben McAdoo got fired the year before, right? Who was it last year? Yeah, um, I can't for the life <laughs> but, but yeah, basically he was being absolutely heckled by the locals you know just called a schmuck and a lot worse things that i probably can't say here but um yeah just constantly hurt by all the home fans like not a single abuse from a giants uh, from a cowboys fan um uh but uh yeah just all the local fans just absolutely heckling their own coach like if like a running play went two yards it was all his fault and all they did was abuse him it was amazing i've never seen anything quite like that before you know like growing up in um guys like football matches and everyone's abusing the other team but this was just pure like and you know, insult of your own head coach i thought it was great <laughs> yeah, uh, pat Sherman. pat Sherman. That's, that's the it. one that's the one yeah i googled it god the giants have been forgettable right recently <laughs> they, yeah. they really really have and like i say that that black cap game was that was honestly the most memorable part of the entire night so. <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't even have tony romo commentating for it. no no we didn't that's the thing yeah and then uh yeah no it was uh it was good though. It was really, really good. Obviously, any time you get to go to game is amazing. I've been to a couple of the London ones, um, 
but um no uh, yeah, hopefully one time. Obviously, you've got family over in, in Boston, America, so we'll have to make the trip over to Hinesfield um, one day, definitely. Which ones? Which London games have you at? Uh, so the last one I went to was the Bengals game. Uh, oh, God. Wembley two years ago. Um, I went to the Browns... Oh, was it Browns-Bengals? Uh, no, Browns-Vikings at Twickenham. All right. I, uh, how was Twickenham? I've not been to Twickenham. <laughs> Oh, I, I love I love Twickenham. So I'm, a, I'm a massive rugby fan. So I've been there that through the years to watch England rugby games. Um, but Twickenham is amazing because it's it's one of the older stadiums. So mm. it's a, like you feel like you're on top of the on top of the um, pitch. If that makes sense. So it's built more sort of straight upright rather than Wembley. That's you know it's all it's round and you're sort of away from the pitch a little bit more. Um, yeah. Twickenham Twickenham was great. Obviously, it's um it's got a bit more segregated for like the the fan village and things like that. Where sort of Wembley's out the front, you've got sort of proper areas out the back, and um, now going there for rugby games and the NFL games, it was the atmosphere just just amazing. So Twickenham is one I can uh, yeah definitely recommend. That's interesting because I'm I'm I mean I've not been to Tottenham Stadium, but I'm really interested to see what because it's that's kind of been purpose built, and I I've, I've sort of been, I've seen it, and it, it, it does look it's an impressive stadium. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, so well, yeah, it's a shame that those games have been called off because I'd, I'd love to have gone to see one of those this year. Yeah, I mean, oh, the stadium looks looks unbelievable. It really does. Yeah, so um, I know they've called off they've called off the games for 2020, haven't they? The international games, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a real bummer. But uh, yeah, next year when the tickets come out, I'll be sitting there waiting to click on and uh, yeah, first ones to get on. I really need to get to a regular season game. I've been to Heinz Field. I've been on the tour. I've been to the preseason games because that was when I was in America, but it didn't cross over with regular season time, unfortunately. I'm seeing um, folks buying tickets for next season already, despite the fact that we're, we're all locked down and can't leave the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. I must admit that that seems a little bit. I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It seems far too up in the air right now. Sadly. Yeah, I mean, you've seen. I, it, I don't know what the you know the infection rates, but you've seen the uh, the governors of Florida and another state, can't remember which one, saying that they're happy to welcome live sports. You know, behind I think it's Arizona. Yeah. Um, you know, behind closed doors. So you know. Teams that play in in California can now go and play if they, if they need to, or at least go training camps or whatever, can go and train in those other states. So it looks like there's going to be some kind of solution. So yes. it looks like there will be some kind of season, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. They seem to have built the schedule like that, which, um, we, well, I would say, which kind of takes us on to our next topic. But I know if I do, Gav will interrupt me. So so I'll check in with Gav first. No, no, um, you go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, anything else you want to uh, ask Matt specifically before we move on to talk about the schedule, though, from anyone? Are we good to go? I'd hate to, I'd hate to uh, spoil your little well, lead there. Listen, Dave. Listen, go. I've already spoiled it for myself. It's, I'm like, I'm like um, someone trapped in a basement now at this point. Like, just I'm beaten and broken. I, I can't just do it. I can't transition anymore. I have to go to Gav for like approval. Okay, so the 2020 season, right? So this gets dropped. What was it? It was like it was. Was it the day that we recorded last week? So it was like that night. Um, it's just been like one long month long day <laughs> yeah no, I feel that um, and I think I said at the time I was like we're not going to spend any time talking about this we're not, I'm not going to even pay any attention I didn't I didn't watch it to be fair I didn't think I was thinking about watching it I didn't um, but then I started seeing all the news drop and I obviously couldn't resist going looking at some of the, the big matchups and the, and the key matchups around the league and everyone's talking sort of Ravens Chiefs in week three and the openers the Chiefs Texans and you know, there's some good games out there, right? But obviously, from a Steelers' point of view, um, I want to just kind of take a look at the uh, the schedule and kind of go round the horn and check with you guys and see if there's anything that stands out to you. Um, I'll just start, obviously, before we get into the real season, the, the preseason got fully confirmed. Um, 
obviously, I think we already knew we were playing in the Hall of Fame game, right? That wasn't a rumor; that was confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's supposed to be happening with um, against the Cowboys. The preseason games. Is there any chance that they just cancel those all together and start with the regular season, or do you think they try and play those behind closed doors as well? I mean, I don't know. I think I think they've got to try and play them because that's you know such a massive process. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Evaluation, right? yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just make, it's got me thinking because I was thinking I could I could so see this running down to the wire. You know, we're just approaching week one and we're still not one hundred percent sure if the game's going to go ahead. But um, it depends what they do with camp. If they do, if they're running yeah. training camps as normal, then then potentially maybe cut it a bit short. Maybe only do two, maybe or something like yeah. that. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's set up currently that we'd play uh, the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game. We'd be the first team to see the Buccaneers. Um, probably not no Brady, but um, either way, um, the Saints and the Jets, and then our annual matchup with Carolina. So um, nothing really too great to take away from that. Is obviously like I say, you won't really see Brady and Gronk out there. So um, nothing particularly interesting. That'll just be a time for us to kind of keep an eye on Mason Rudolph, I imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it, more than anything. I think it's a chance for to see how it's going to work for the NFL as well, with all mm. the kind of virus stuff. I mean, that's as as important as anything. Yeah, it's going to be a good litmus test. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how players yeah players react if they do play behind closed doors. I think as well. Um, God, that's just what yeah. we need in a preseason game, isn't it just to take the atmosphere <laughs> away even more. Literally, yeah. <laughs> you imagine you imagine the celebrations they're all done. You know, when they go run into the press and do the team photos. Yeah, <laughs> <You imagine laughs> like any press or fans that'd be quite interesting to oh. watch. <laughs> Oh my god! If if I see Ulysses Gilbert run uh, an interception back in the Jets in the week three of the preseason, <laughs> that's, that's really going to get me. It's going to get my goat. Um, okay, so moving on to the the actual regular season. So we start the season um, away um, at the Giants. So um, up close to your neck of the woods, you could have been at this one, Matt. Um, so what do you think of that as an opener? First of all, um, kind of a an interesting game against a team you'd ex- you know we'd expect to beat if Ben's back. Starting off in prime time as well, Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football, yeah, good point, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting game, isn't it? I mean, it depends, yeah, it depends how, how long they've got to prep for the preseason. Um, and also, the Giants, I mean, Saquon Barkley's still the, he's still clearly the main guy and the number one threat there. So, you'd like to think by that time, the defence has had enough time to sort of get together and uh, hopefully you can just control him and then control the game. But, yeah, it's a, it's a decent, decent opener. I'm not really sure what I think of Daniel Jones yet. Do no, you guys got a yeah. strong opinion? Um, I was after two weeks. I thought, wow, this guy looks legit. And then it all just kind of came a little bit like undone, you know. And I don't know how much of that was the coaching and whether or not Joe Judge can, you know, get him in a room and sort it out. But I feel more confident than I do about Dwayne Haskins. But um, yeah, yeah. I think there's a few guys in that bucket right now, though, right? You know, like kind of a Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins. Where I'm just like. Eh. Yeah, well, that's like a little peek ahead because I, you know, you know, I've got. A th- I'm working on a thing towards uh, sort of really working out who Mason Rudolph is. But you, you look at that draft class: Baker, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and then Lamar Jackson. I mean, <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? I mean, none of them are developing in a kind of straight line, like no. in a kind of, you know, they're, they're, Baker's up and then down. Darnold's kind of really patchy from game to game. Allen was, you know, looked like he was progressing well towards the end of last season, and then we saw what happened in the playoffs. Um, Rosen, you know, enough said, and then Jackson, who's just taken a massive leap. You kind of think, is he going to, is he going to fall back to earth? You know, are the rest of the defenses around the league going to kind of wise up to him? So yeah, and then and yeah, Daniel Jones, there's quite a few, like you say. Yeah, 
Yeah, interesting as well. I think you probably throw Drew Locke into that mix. You know, the Broncos have gone all out this offseason, mm. bringing in wide receivers and gone all out on offense quite clearly. And they've backed Drew Locke and said he's their guy. So, you know, Steelers play him in week two. That'd be a yeah, really interesting mashup. You know, strength of our defense versus this new, you know, so-called high-flying uh, offense that they're going to be bringing in. Mm. I, kind yeah, of I didn't see much of I didn't I didn't see much of Drew Lock last year to be honest. I mean, how, how did he play? Yeah, a couple of big games. I think his first game he threw sort of like four four touchdowns was it first game, and he he made some yeah you know, really good throws, especially sort of like corner throws into the end zone. He's got a big arm on him as well, and it obviously helps playing up in Denver. But um, yeah, he's one of those players a bit like Gardner Minshew. You know, he gets a lot of hype, and then. Yeah, he only played towards the end of last season, so we've not really seen sort of the decline yet. Whereas, like Minshew, started at the beginning of the season, had the hype, and then sort of tailored off. So, yeah, I think he, it'd be an interesting one to watch, definitely. But yeah, Cause, interesting cause character. Flacco's out till at least the, the season, right? Is, is he? Is he? Is, have they released him? What's he's gone. Not been he's long gone. Yeah, he's it's, gone. So yeah, he, he's like a complete free agent. So he's literally yeah. Drew Lock is their only quarterback, pretty much. The Broncos. They haven't got anyone of note. Yeah, but, available. Who's behind? Yeah. Who's behind him? Uh, then they got one guy uh, like Brett Rip- Rippin. I just like googled Brett Rippin. I don't, yeah, his so, name doesn't ring a bell. So, <laughs> okay, so yeah, they're, 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 they're all in on Drew Lock. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean he's got no excuses. This is this is they've gone all in for him, right? I mean Jerry Judy and Cam Sutton, and he's got an exciting offense there. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like they've what made this done. mistake before with Osweiler, right? I'm um, John Elway. Yeah, um, but at least they haven't paid yeah. Drew Lock forty million dollars. <laughs> True, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then literally given picks away to just get him off the books. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, but but what I would say is, um, in fact, we'll jump into sort of specific games in a minute. But just a couple of high level things. We've got um, the bye week in week eight, which I always like, kind of central, and then we've got um, a very interesting Ravens game, right? Thursday, uh, sorry, on um, Thanksgiving. Uh, the primetime game of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So after you get past the usual dross of having to watch Detroit and the Redskins and, and what other nonsense teams that are probably out of the playoff race already by Thanksgiving, you finally get a good game in the Ravens Steelers. So um, yeah, that's going to be really fun. Does this? I mean, I've kind of viewed this whole schedule as almost like a work of fiction. Like I don't want to get too excited <laughs> yeah. into it because I, you know, you know what I mean. I don't want to get too worked up. But don't you think it feels? I remember this time last year thinking the schedule looked quite easy. Does this does this schedule look quite easy to you? It does, right? And I was going to ask you this at the end, but but uh, you know we can say it now. I mean, I, we talk about sort of strength of schedule, right? We have the second easiest strength of schedule according to uh, last year's results, right? And and there's kind of been a lot of hot takers lately. Now they're really against this, you know, the strength of schedule. And it's true, you know, it doesn't really make a great deal of difference. I mean, last year we played the 49ers in week three, and that would have been a massive mark on our strength of schedule because they were so bad the year before, and they were the Super Bowl, you know, runners up. So, you know, it is difficult. Teams change every year. You know, I think the Broncos are going to be a lot better than they were this last year. I think the Giants will be a little bit better. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of differences. But you look at the teams, there's a lot of winnable games. I mean, look at those first seven games right before the bye week. Let me just run these off. So you've got the Giants, uh, the Broncos, the Texans, the Titans, the Eagles, the Browns, and the Ravens. There's some very winnable games there. I mean, you, you could you could talk yourself into the Steelers being a 6-1 and one team by the bye week, right? Um, it, yeah, definitely. It wouldn't be crazy. I mean, I mean, you could very easily be, you know, uh, you know, three and two, oh, but or whatever. I can't, I can't add up. <laughs> Worse than Dan Hans is <laughs> adding up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, either way. But uh, but what I mean is that they're very winnable. Other than the Ravens, um, which is always a close matchup with the Steelers and Ravens, anyway. So it's kind of hard to say that. There's no team there that you know scares me on paper. I think last year there was a few teams early in that slate. You had the Forty ers who ended up being obviously a great team. You had the Seahawks. 
um, that you know you were a little bit concerned about just off the bat. Um, but we could be here to stick around, right? I hope so. I mean, the one that the one that sticks out to me is coming off the bye against the Cowboys in in Dallas. That 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 could be a yeah. tricky game. It depends how CD Lamb works out and everything. But that, I think you know that that they're looking like quite dangerous offense just on paper at the moment. But uh, we're coming off the bye, so you never know. Even in that back half of the season, though, I mean, obviously you play the Bengals twice, you play the Browns again, you play the Skins, the Bills, the Jags. I mean, a lot of also run teams there. If we're going off what we can kind of currently think of some of these teams on paper, I mean, I think the Colts will be well improved. I do think the um, the skins will be a little bit improved as well. I'm not sold on the Bills as I've as I've said before because I'm not sold on Josh Allen. I think they had a pretty easy schedule last year. But um, well, look at that, that sort of second half of the seat of the of the season. You're looking at the majority, apart from those two games, the Browns and the, uh, the Ravens in the first, in, you know before the bye week. The rest of the, a lot of those games are divisional games, so yeah. it's going to be pretty nail biting second half. Of the season. If the first half season doesn't go to plan. It could be up yeah. for a nail biter. I quite like this format. What format's that, Gav? I, I wonder if this will be something that people are with. Like the the kind of backloading the the schedule with a lot mm. of divisional games. Yeah. Or, yeah. So yeah. you know yeah. you kind of you know the, uh, you get the interconference games and and kind of records are kind of set out, but not you know the, there's there's all to play for in the second half of the season when you when you're all playing against each other. I think that's that's quite a good format. It le- I think it should lead to sort of less kind of dead games. Yeah, it definitely keeps them more competitive late in the season, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Maybe that's something they're going to have to move to where they move to more games, you know, extend out the season because I think that will lead to less competitive games. Don't so, remind um, me. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe this is something that will be considered. Uh, but overall, I mean, I don't want to play... <laughs> I'm going to say this and then do it. I don't want to play the count in the wins game, right? But um, this, to me, looks like, you know... A schedule that if Ben's healthy, you know, if things... I, Are you going to say 10 and 6? I might even say 11 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, right? But but what I'm saying is, the, the, other than the Ravens games, uh, and potentially the Cowboys game, um, there's no teams on this list where I'm like, oh, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, Tomlin has got a track record of me performing worse against teams like the Redskins than, than he has with the Ravens. So maybe that should be a, a bone of contention. But consistency-wise, I don't see a way that the Steelers end up being bottom feeders uh, in the division with with this kind of schedule. I mean, I know everyone plays kind of the same teams in the division, but you look at the Browns and the Bengals. I'm not sold on either of those teams next season. Um, I think we've got to be issuing for a wild card, especially with the the uh, the expanded lineup in the playoffs, right? That's not this year, is it? It? Yeah, it is this year. Is it this year? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah they brought it forward one year. Yeah, definitely. All ah, right, okay. So, I mean, wow. I hate that, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it would be a massive failure to not make the playoffs in this season with this schedule, um, you know, assuming it goes ahead as it is and no major injuries. But, uh, I mean, even even if Ben was to go down, you know, even, even if Ben got an injury, I, I kind of want to hope to see that Mason would develop a little bit and, and at least get us into the playoffs. Um but yeah, any any kind of major thoughts from any of you guys on on anything, any games that jump out to you? Or? Um, I think I think really it's going to be it's going to the whole season is going to hinge on that week six seven games. You know, the Browns, the Ravens just before the bye. You know, you got the that's the, the six, week six against Browns is the first division game. You know, the Browns obviously there's a lot of bad blood there from last season's game with the whole Garrett incident. So that's going to be like a high energy game. Obviously, every time we play the Ravens, you seem to get sort of five injuries on each side of the team. You know, um, so that's going to be sort of a tone set. And by week six, you know, everyone's got over the September slump, and you sort of all the teams that are hyped up from the beginning of the season, you sort of find out who they really are. 
so by week six everyone's going to be sort of back into the rhythm of things hopefully if everything goes the same and then you know week six week seven then got the bye to set the tone for the rest of the season so I think that's going to be the turning point where we'll see you know what this season's team is made of really yeah yeah that's a really good point yeah I think those two divisional games are going to be key um is it just me or do we play the Browns every year in week 17 now is that a thing well or the Ravens when was the last time we didn't play the Browns? I feel like every year I say this, I'm like, do we always play the Browns in Week 17? Well, we've played the Ravens for the last two years. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. In Week 17? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, of course I'm sure. We had the whole thing last time about them resting Jackson or not. Oh, yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Was that not Week 16? Nah. Okay, nah. well, I'm talking out my ass then. Maybe it was Week 1. Um... There, was a, there was a time with Browns. I, I know what you're saying. There was a couple of years in a row with the Browns. I could have sworn we played the Browns last year in week 17. Um, okay, well, awesome. Well, that's the schedule. You know, are we convinced it's going to be, uh, it's going to maybe play out that way? I heard that apparently every team that plays in week two has the same bye week, so they've kind of built that in as like a little, you know, potential caveat so they could maybe start the, the season in week three if they have the opportunity to. Um, Come again? What? Every team that's. So, in... so, for example, we play the Broncos in week two, right? So we have the same bye as the Broncos. Oh, and, I see. And, right, yeah. your opponents. Right. Yeah, so every team that plays each other has the same bye. So that, theoretically, that bye could be filled by that game if they can't play it. So um, they're built in little things to try and help out, but who knows how accurate it's going to be. Does anyone know what the what the kind of the Pennsylvania view is of the coronavirus? Are we, are we kind of on the right or the left of this... this... Area of the coronavirus policy? Are we in are we, uh, California or are we uh, uh, Florida? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. This, this would be a question for Rich, I suppose, right? Yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah. I guess he's got relatives, but we, we should get in touch with Dave Conrad. See what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I, I don't. I don't foresee Pennsylvania being like kind of the the Uber California liberal kind of side of things. So maybe you know, I wouldn't suggest there'd be a massive issue, but time will tell. Um, awesome. Any other thoughts on the schedule then? Or... No. no. Okay, well, we didn't spend too long on it. Even though I promise I won't talk about it at all, but it's exciting, right? You know, Even if it doesn't happen, just to see all these, these teams on paper and uh, the games that we can look forward to and then never happen and we just sit here for the rest of time every day. Um, Dave! <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a couple of things, actually, because one's football-based and one's none, as usual. Um, I've got a couple but, of tiny football things as well. Oh, so you, do your okay. football thing. I'll come back to me and then we'll come back to you for the non-football. Well, this is sort of aimed at you, Si. Oh, welcome, dear. Um, I, I can't take credit for this list. Um, it's from Behind the Still Curtain. Um, so credit to them. Um, but they were looking at um, free agent punters <laughs> that we could pick up that could force Barry out as I'm sure well as we've you know in depth discussed Sai would uh, be very happy about um, but they've got a list of three free agent punters all of which are veterans to varying degrees um, so I'm interested, interested to see your thoughts on them Sai okay. um, the first one was Dustin Colquitt I like Dustin Colquitt good punter uh, yeah I remember when he got res- who did he get released from where was he playing He's playing for the Chiefs. He's been there. For yes, years. that was it. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. He's pushing forty though. He's thirty-eight. He's been there for. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I don't. The question: Why the Chiefs got rid of him? Do they know something we don't? But um, all-time great punter. Yeah, yeah, taken in the third round as we discussed yeah. previously. Yeah. Yeah. The other one was uh, Matt Bosher from the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons. Yeah. I always liked him. Yeah. Just, I, I, that, that, that's another 
nominative determinative guy. However, he had um, a groin <laughs> injury in 2019. He only appeared for three games. Concern. You want consistency out your punter? Yeah. Also, and a great fine. name for a punter as well, Bosher. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's yeah, what he's yeah. saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When your name dictates how well you play. The final one is one that I, I scoffed at, but I think would be it'd be a good story, it'd be a great story. But uh, Pat McAfee. What? Hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where was this listed? Is it <laughs> on the behind the steel curtain? Is this 2015 or, or 2020? <laughs> well, this is it. He's, he's not he's not punting the ball since 2016, but um, he's 33, and I'm sure he can take a, a break in his podcasting God, schedule. Is he only 33. Why did he Why did he stop playing? Was it Was it purely because he was so into his barstool stuff? Or he's in, he's into podcasting about wrestling. Isn't he? That's his, yeah, that's I mean, he's, I mean, Pat, I think Pat McAfee's almost too big to to go back to punting. Maybe I don't know. I feel like I mean, he's everywhere, right? Yeah. He's not like a major commentator, but he's got his own thing going on at Barstool. I'd be surprised if he wanted to even get back into the league. But So did, did any of those spark your interest? No, not really. No. Do you know who I'd take over over any of those? Marquette King. Where's he? Why is he still not on the NFL team? Mm. He's uh, in Canada, isn't he, at the moment? Well, he was in the XFL, and then... Did, did he go to Canada? Canada. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a character. He'd be great... <laughs> <laughs> Why is the guy not? Do you know, I'm surprised the Ravens haven't signed him. He strikes me as like a big trust kind of guy. He, he could get on with that. <laughs> I'd, I'd go for Colquitt. I think Colquitt would be a good one. Yeah, I just wonder why yeah. why the Chiefs cut him. I don't know. Was he making a lot of money? I, I don't know. He'd been there a while. I don't know. How, I don't know how many years, but he'd been there a for a good while. Um. So, you, uh, do you think that um, what was it? Is it Corliss Wait Waitman? Wait, oh, man? the guy we've got. Uh, yeah, we the signed. EDFA we picked up. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon he's going to be you know, someone? I, to I promised you out? an in-depth review on him, right? And I still haven't done it. We're going to get to that um, probably when training camp comes up. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know yet, Dave. Is the answer to uh, we'll, the question? We'll put a pin in that. Then. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that. Uh, but I, I'm going to guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to go into your thing, Gav? Or yeah, it was just a quick one. So. Um, I had a couple of things, one of which led into this kind of analysis that I'm going to do or, or may have already done. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of pieces on Bleacher Report which caught my eye. The first one by Brent Splitsky, I can't say his name, slaughtered it already, Sobleski, um, who, who was uh, picking out the best position group league-wide. Um, so each team, you know, each position group, which team had the best position group? Mm. And, he, and he actually picked the Steelers as having the best linebacker, including the outside linebackers, um, hmm. League wide, which I thought was I thought was uh, interesting. Well, obviously I liked it, yeah. But then I started to sort of think, well, who else? Who else is there? And then I, I didn't really get anywhere. But, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of another. T- obviously, the, the gaping hole is the middle linebacker spot, right? Because we're playing in a three-four. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously helped by the fact that you know the, the the system the Steelers run. You've got the pass rushers included in the linebacker core, yeah, so of it's course, a bit yeah. of a cheat in some ways. But you know, you got to think. I mean, the, the Ravens massively upgraded, but obviously they're rookies, so you can't include them. But who, I mean, who yeah, else is it? And start, half, so their, half their linebacking cores like kind of out, you know, in bed with a brother. And um... <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of another team that uh, it's difficult, right? But um, I mean, when you, when you look at sort of Dupree, the way he played last year, and what and and what Bush could potentially turn out to be, and. But then I, I sometimes worry I'm being like biased, you know, when I don't think there's probably other teams that have guys that I can't think of off the top of my head that they absolutely love. So, um, well, linebacking is kind of a dying art almost, isn't yeah, it? In the end of, yeah. So, 
and then, and then the other thing, well, in that article, which was quite interesting, it was um, we have the other position groups just for just for completion. Uh, the the best, oh, I don't know if you want to have a guess. Yeah, I was going to say, should we have one, a guess? Yeah, yeah, just have one one pick each. The best running back core. Um, Ravens. Do you count Jackson in there as well? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a good shout, but he didn't go that way. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. He, he went Browns. Which... Oh, I hate that. That's such a hipster pick. It's like, yeah. oh, look, we have one good running back and another okay running back. No, just pick the guy who's got a Zeke Elliott. Or, or, you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that I'd rather have that. Yeah, yeah I'd say maybe 49ers some... maybe as well. Yeah, 49ers maybe, yeah. I think running back scheme, you'd go 49ers. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and wide receivers, I, I totally disagree with this one. Did he say Broncos? Falcons, maybe. Falcons no. is a good shout. Um, Again, I think, I think this is a scheme pick. Oh, uh... Seahawks. No, nah, he's gone Chiefs. Oh right, mm, yeah. Uh, is it the same group without Mahomes? Though is the problem, right? Yeah, and Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you read. It. I mean, you know, Anthony oh, Thomas, Watkins, TJ, um, yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's a good one too. But you know, and you got a return man. Tight end. Rookie was good. This, 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 this is hipster as well. Tight end. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's got to be Kittle. I don't care who's who's. This, the trouble is, this position group, right? So I know I'm just going for the best player. But um, I, well, Ravens, I suppose, would be my answer. Yeah, it's gone Tampa. Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next. Oh, 20, 2020. Oh God. Yeah. God. Uh, Q, Q, QB room. Uh, well, Mahomes, I would say. Have they still got Matt Moore back there, or, or... no? Is he gone? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's there, isn't he? Well, I want Matt Moore and Mahomes. <laughs> he's got so, Saints. Okay. Well, because of Taysom Hill, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, so and then is I won't bore you with the O line. The O line is gone Saints as well, which. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought, Colts, Colts, that would have gone, mate. Definitely Colts. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, D lines, I totally agree with. Um, 49ers? Yeah, 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 no, yeah of course, yeah. And then, and then the uh, the secondary was the only one left because we had the linebackers of the Bills? The Jags? Right, well, that's, Bills yeah. is a good shout. Ravens again, I'd say. No. Think, think middle. Centre field. Um, Rams? No, Chargers. Oh, yeah. When you great think sound. about it, yeah. When you yeah. think about that, I agree with that one. Mm. I do like the Bills, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chargers got a sneaky good defence for next year. Sneaky good. Yeah. So that was the first piece, which I thought was interesting. I quite the like second, that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the second one, um, which is what sparked me thinking about uh, our situation, was he, it, it, Christopher Knox of uh, Bleacher Report put um, he just wrote a bit the biggest weakness for every team so not the same parameters like each team what's their biggest weakness of which what's their biggest you know position group that needs needs improvement Steelers I think, I think it was quarterback back, I think I read this yeah backup quarterback yeah I think really is it, it's the Steelers that but it comes back to last week where you know why why does everyone hate on Mason so much <laughs> He's got a very punchable face. <laughs> I said yeah, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Mason tape and I, I, I'm, I think we're gonna, I'm going to dive into it next week because um, I've got 
pages and pages of notes here. Um, but I, I wondered if you guys wanted to chat just quick, just just quickly. Just um, what 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 do you think are his kind of positives? What what are, what are his strengths? And and then we can sort of everyone knows what we'll go into the weaknesses. You could talk about his weaknesses for days, but I mean, what have you got? What, what did he do? What did he show for you? You know, it's funny, right? There was times when he was accurate, um, and there was times where his accuracy stood out for, for for a kind of. I know he's not a rookie, but but a start a first year quarterback. Um, but then there was also kind of. I don't even we're talking positives, but but he was also kind of erratic at times. Um, there was times where he would throw a, a sort of a lovely deep ball or, or a perfect um, kind of ball in stride. Um, the, I was watching today, right, the Juju pass against the 49ers in week three where he just kind of just hits him perfectly in stride. Juju isn't even that open and just goes all the way for the touchdown. But um, So I feel, I feel like he has the accuracy if he can just kind of... I don't, again, I don't want to get into the weaknesses, but there's reasons why he's inaccurate that aren't necessarily his accuracy, if that makes sense. Completely yeah. agree, yeah. I mean, you got to give him his dues. He does. He does hang in the pocket, you know, under pressure. You know, he does take some massive, massive hits, and he does stay at the last second to release the ball. You know, so yeah, I've got to give him credit where credit's due. He he can, he can take a hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight to the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel I like it's a confidence thing. If if confidence is on his side, it can be accurate and be and be fine. But once he's once his confidence has been knocked. I, I don't. I've I've not gone as deep into the tape as you have, Gav. But I feel like as soon as his confidence gets knocked, that's it. He's just he's like a house of cards. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he plays in games where they're behind compared to games where the Steelers are ahead. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you've done obviously the digging on the tape, but that'd be quite interesting to see. You know, yeah, how he plays. Yeah, you, know, you say with the confidence when they're ahead and they're winning to when they're behind, he's got to chase the game and actually he's got to be the one to make the plays. How he plays then. Yeah, I mean, he was. They were quite often behind, to be honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all those points, I, I, I definitely agree. I think, I think one thing that gets overlooked is his arm. Actually, I think, I think yeah. he's got yeah. a plus arm. Like it, it is strong, and it's actually it leads into being one of his weaknesses because it, it's affected. I think he's grown up from his whole life having this cannon of an arm, and it's affected his his whole mechanics because he he's relied on his arm, and he's he's now at a point. In, in in the NFL where he, he can't rely on, he's got he's got to sort out his mechanics so that he's he's more accurate because what happens is uh when he when he's dropping back and he, and he and he throws straight from his drop back so he, he's got his his uh, drop steps he goes up to his gather and then releases he's good and that's when he's accurate but if there's a second where he's got to find a second read third read move laterally or or if he's throwing on the move his mechanics just completely break down. You see, he doesn't he doesn't follow through. He doesn't transfer weight. He doesn't shift his hips, and 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 sometimes even kicks his lead leg out sideways. So then he's almost like like fading, like a, like you know a bad golf swing. Um, so I, a lot of the, the the issues with him are mechanical, and I think they could possibly be fixed. And you can see that he has had a a, a load of coaching. Um, because because his mechanics are perfect up to a point, but it's then they break down. So it's can can that can he stay within that like routine to and, and extend that routine to to become a better passer? And that that's a massive question. I don't know. We'll get into it more next week. But yeah. it's, it's it's interesting because he, he's such a hard person to evaluate. And I think that's you know obviously the Steelers feel confident about having him around. But I, I don't know. I, I've watched every single pass he threw, he threw last last year, and I, I, I'm no wiser as to whether he can develop. And 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 because he's so inconsistent, and the things 
you, you think, okay, you think you've nailed it and, and like this is what's wrong with him, then that element improves and something else starts to go wrong. So yeah. I, I, sort, I sort of feel for him. It's like when I'm playing golf, you know, there's so many variables. I nail one thing and someone else goes out. And I, I, I feel for him. I think maybe it's almost like he, he's battling with his own coordination a lot of the time. Do you think the national media, Gav, are too quick to pass on some of these um, young guys? I, I mean, you, you saw it with the Steelers. As soon as he was benched for Duck in, in that game, he, that was it. That was it. I mean, he was absolutely mauled by the national media. I mean, obviously the Steelers media are a little bit more nuanced because they, they're around him every day and they're focusing on him. But it felt to me like he was written off and thrown in the bin, kind of, you know, Brock Osweiler style, like you said. Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of the national media started paying attention to him towards the second half of the season. And that was where things really started to fall fall apart for him, where he was really hesitant, really holding on to the ball. Mm. Um, you know, it was after post post a big fight, post, you know, all, all that. Everyone was really eyes on him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think earlier in the season, it was a bit of a different story. It was still not great, but it was bad for different reasons. Um so yeah, I think I think I think he deserves. He definitely deserves another shot. I don't think he should. You know, I think, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. How long did he develop behind Brett Favre? Four or five years or whatever. I think I think there's there's enough there. There's enough pluses that, are, that you know the, the rare arm talent yeah. and and the bravery and, and and he's got pretty good pocket movement. Um, and, and I think he's you know he's quite a student of the game. Uh, he's got decent vision, but he's got a quick release when he. When he sees it, that's the problem. But he started to hold the ball, and, that, and that's 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 like murder for a quarterback. If they start holding yeah. the ball or being hesitant, and he was just getting killed by the end of the season, as we all saw. You know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall right in the locker room, and I just love to see how he interacts with kind of his teammates and especially the wide receivers and stuff. I'd love to see how they feel about him. I mean, you saw at times last season, sort of Juju get frustrated with him, and and you know for good reason. In fairness, a lot of the time, and. I'd just love to see, because we know Juju's close with Ben, and we know a lot of these wide receivers are very close with Ben. Um, I'd just be so fascinated to see the inner workings of how popular he is in that team. I mean, when the Garrett thing went down, the offensive lineman jumped to defend him, um, which you know almost surprised me, given the kind of the things that were levied at him by Miles Garrett after that, right? But um, it, it was all too much for the season, didn't we? That um, sort of Duck was seeming to be a bit more liked by everyone. That you, you sort of, yeah, man, I don't exactly. know how much you can read into social media, but you, you saw him actually getting involved with particularly the wide receivers. But you didn't see that from Yeah, the yeah, you remember that when he kind of threw, I can't remember who it was too, but he kind of threw that touchdown and he goes up and celebrates with him. And we, we commented, right? We just never saw that from Mason. And that that's not, yeah. you know, a knock on the guy's game. And I'm sure Gav's kind of gritting his teeth now as we're talking about things completely non analytical, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just mean in the sense that I just wonder how. Because a, a, lot, a lot of it is that, right? I mean, a lot of it is the mental side of the game. And I think that plays into yeah. the way he's played. And I think you saw that as mm. he kind of struggled with his confidence later on. And I think some of that is his, maybe his teammates aren't as keen on him. Yeah, well, I think I think the difference between the two of them is is uh, Mason's more of a cerebral player. You know, he's, yeah. a, he's a real. I think he's a real analytics kind of thinking guy. Whereas Duck kind of was riding a kind of wave. And yes. he, he riding his instincts. He kind of falls back on his instincts. I, I don't think Mason's got those the same instincts as Duck. Unfortunately, he's it, it, his worst thing. The worst thing he does is his anticipation. You know, like he, he cannot anticipate anything at no. all. Um, and I don't think that'll ever get better. So he's he's got to be schemed, you know, to 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 have players be open for him because he he just cannot see windows before they open. It's, that's, it's that, shocking. Yeah, that, that was a major concern for me. But, 
Anyway, we'll, we'll get more onto this next week, right, because we I don't want to. Um, we'll, we'll probably spend yeah, a, don't, a large. Don't set me off. Yeah, well, oh. I know exactly. I don't want to set you off. Yeah, we'll probably spend a large chunk of next episode talking about Mason Rudolph. Um, anyway, so um, we'll save that. We'll probably save the lowest thoughts. lowest viewing lowest listening figures yet. Um, okay, cool. Um, so, any, anything else football related? Oh, I tell you what, one more thing football related. It's not really football related, but you see, you see Juju hanging out at Ben's house this week. No, you don't see that on his, on his uh, TikTok account. <laughs> Gav, is that is that allowed? <laughs> well, that's no, what you, I, know, you know me and social media. That's what I wanted to ask. Right, he's there. He, first of all, Ben's house very nice. You should see the lovely pool, natural rock formation, tasty. Um, but uh, uh, who is it on uh, Hard Knocks had like a, a tree inside his house? A part, was it Sean Jackson? <laughs> he had like a swimming pool with a palm tree inside his house. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I was, that's what I wanted to ask you though, Dave. Is Juju allowed to be around Big Ben's pool at this point? Is that not a concern? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the local laws are, but I'm pretty sure that's a big no. Yeah. He's not supposed to be there. In fairness, I didn't see Ben in the video, so I wonder whether Juju's just been allowed to come around and make use of his facilities. But anyway, I just thought I'd check and see if you'd seen that. Um, <laughs> anything else football related? Uh, nah. Okay, Dave. Oh, yes, oh, there is. Oh, oh, there is. Oh, what a surprise. Gav had to interrupt me once, didn't he? Oh, come on. We've forgotten. We, we've sort of buried <laughs> part of the lead because uh, it's been so long that uh, you won the uh, all decade team draft. Yeah, I d- well, I didn't want to brag. You know, you know me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you beat you beat me in a final, so that was fair enough. And I forgot to vote for my own team, which <laughs> I actually worked out the stats. And if I'd have, you know, I could have done it. I could I could have, you know, phoned up a few mates and said, just yeah, look, vote on this thing. So I didn't. It was honest. You know, it was it was the public. Did you vote on your own team? I, I did vote for my own team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You see? <laughs> did you recruit any outside help? No, no. Okay, okay. Uh, so well, well done. You know, fair play. I, I think. You know they were the strongest teams. I, I think didn't I'm like proud. our teams. Yeah, I, I'm proud that the, the final consisted of two people, two teams selected by Steelers. You know the Steelers podcast. We, well, we represented ourselves again after winning the first and ten quiz. So I think you know exactly. they, they need to start you know fearing <laughs> us as opposition in any of these things. Yeah, no, and, and all I've got from Dave on Twitter is sass lately. I mean, you should, yesterday I was talking about the Rams uniforms with uh, the Skins podcast and the Giants podcast, uh, and how horrifically bad they are, by the way. Genuinely, the white uniform is the awful. worst uniform I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if you agree with this. <laughs> I'm um, loving all the IKEA memes for the Ram, Rams one, though. They're great. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dave, I don't understand why people don't like this uniform and like the Chargers. I'm like, Dave, they aren't the same at all. They, the only the only similarity is that they both have blue in them. I mean, if you can't see that, then you've got no no time to talk to uniform about uniforms, Dave. But yeah, anyway, I don't want to fire too many shots. At I him, feel but... the need to point out this is a different Dave. This is yeah, me. sorry, yeah, this isn't you, Dave. This is Dave Gray from the first and ten. Yeah, uh, what do you think of the Rams I uniforms? I don't, I, I don't hate them. Oh, I, I, knew, I knew you'd be the contrarian. But I, I, I like the blue and the yellow. That's classic. That takes me back to the eighties. You know, the blue and the yellow. I like it. I like blue and yellow. My, my problem is not with blue and yellow, Gav. It's with the way the yellow is implemented and the rest of that. You, it's the, the execution. Oh, it's, it's very horrid. poor. Very poor execution. I mean, just the the gradient yellow in the numbers and the weird number in uh, and the reason. Like, why have they put like a "Hello, my name is Ram" sticker on the top? What, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got yeah the gradient thing. That can uh, that's a trend. I thought that we'd seen the end of that with the Jaguars head thing. The, the helmet, the melted, the melted, the melted Malteser thing they had going <laughs> on. To be honest, yeah, I didn't hate but, that. Um, <laughs> oh, I hated that. And, uh, you know, now the, the Falcons have brought it back, and now the Rams. But it's so it's almost you can't even see it on the Rams 
unis almost. Well, I didn't think that anyone could make a worse uniform change than the the, the Falcons did this season, and then the Rams brought this out and uh, you know let the Rams off, uh, let the Falcons off the hook. Oh no, this is better than the Falcons. This doesn't look like a uh, you know no, an arena team. This, this is it hasn't worse. got the horrible letters on the front. Uh, yeah, the letters are awful. So, yeah. Know, isn't it? It's like so similar to the Chargers uniform. I mean, you're playing in the same stadium as them. At least, at least they got the same color coordination. You won't have to change the color on the banners in the stadium. Thank but, you, Matt. Yeah, why have they got the same you know, logo it's, now? It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I was. I think personally, the Chargers uniform are the nicest ones to come out this season. I think yeah, they're really good. Massive fan of those. Um, but yeah, you, you've basically matched the team that you're sharing the stadium with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that. They literally have the old Chargers logo as their logo. <laughs> Stupid. I'm wondering who was calling for the Rams to change the logo in the first place. I don't know. I who don't was know. calling for that? This is, it's really upset me, the Rams, right? Because a couple of years ago, they were looking great, right? They had Aaron Donald, they were in the Super Bowl... And then that Super Bowl comes, and ever since then it's been all downhill. Sean McVay's not been, co- you know, he's, he's suddenly the tide's turned on him. You know, Jared Goff, since he signed that contract, has been nothing. They've lost Todd Gurley, and and now this. I mean, this is the move of Browns, not not a not a serious team. I know it's only a logo, but but these are the things that the Steelers wouldn't do. You know, I mean, this, good teams don't do stupid stuff like this. And you know, it's like they've all sat in a boardroom and decided to oh, let's get LA on the logo and and make it like a like a little. Rams, they're so stupid. I hate this stuff in football. It winds me up, and it's a sign of a poor organisation, and that's all I'll say on the matter. Okay, well, this to me seems like a return, a return to the sort of they just the, their uniform just reminds me of their kind of vibe back in the eighties when they they look like this. This is what they look like. They Maybe you need look to like send me these old uniforms because I, I... blue and gold kind of you know St Louis miserable dark stadium era. You know, this is this is LA, bright and sunshiny. Like what it reminds me of, you guys ever played Madden where like a couple of years ago you used to like create your own uniforms and you could only use like primary colours. Yeah. And <laughs> it's literally what it was, is you could only use like two or three colour schemes and you could sort of change the change the decals on the you know, on the numbers and uh you know, the stripes down the side. You could have one stripe down the side of the child's leg or the three and they've literally just done that. They've just gone onto Madden and picked two primary colours and gone, <laughs> Yeah, that looks kinda good. <laughs> <laughs> What, um, what's what's happened to McVeigh? I mean, a couple of years ago, he was like, you know, the the new yeah, wonder kid. Walk, yeah. yeah, yeah. So are they are they do a bit of a comeback? I mean, Goff's regressed. Is he is he ready to take another step? I mean, you know, Gurley's gone. Um, uh, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because like he's a he's a young, like really exciting coach, and all they do is pick veteran players. Like that's all mm. that's all they do. You'd think they'd build from the draft, and they'd be a guy to get sort of these explosive guys out of college at a young age but all they've done I mean they haven't had a first round pick for like four or five years or something stupid I saw the other day yeah, I couldn't believe it when um, I heard that yeah I heard that that's, that's ridiculous and um, yeah like you said they'd, they've got real household names or had household names in their um, in their team but yeah you got to start from the top really Goff are just he's just really regressed and he hasn't become the player that they thought he would be mm. just I just think you know he Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, it seems like that kind of um, free agency way of building. You know, get I know it's a trade, but get Jalen Ramsey and, and shove him in there. And obviously, they've got Aaron Donald. It's all star names, but where's the. For a guy who's supposed to be like the scheme genius, I'm very much like. They lost Wade Phillips, I suppose, doesn't help, but they fired him. I mean, I don't think yeah, he wanted no, to leave. There's no team, is there? There's yeah, sort of superstars yeah, yeah. across the roster. Yeah. And, and, and they lost Bones. I mean, Bones Fossil was. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
A great special teams guy. I, I, I didn't understand that move. I can't believe when he popped up on the Cowboys. So, <laughs> someone's got, where's he yeah. come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, right, Dave. I'm back. Um, <laughs> Where did you go? No, you got. I was I was mid sip. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, I've I've been very conscious of everyone who's got children. Um, obviously, getting very thin on the ground on things to keep kids kids entertained. Um, now these are things I used to do in school. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was hoping that Rich would be on because I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, an American take on it. But when you, when I was in school, I'd play games on a tabletop using something very minimal, so things like coins, etc. Very simple games. And this isn't, well, table football was the main one. I don't know if you guys have any variation on this one, but having three coins, and you had to get, you had to flick one coin between the other two to get to the other side, and then you'd have to flick between a goal. Is this a game that anyone remembers? I remember it, but we had one coin, and you kind of had to put it off halfway off the table, shove it, uh, then uh, push it with your fingers to the other. You had one more push, and then you had to spin it, like you know, like spin it upright, so it was spinning on the table, and then catch it between your thumbs and flick it at the person. You sir are thinking of shove halfpenny. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I had a name. I used to play that. I had no idea it was called that. <laughs> But there was a, there was a few. Um, when I was thinking of things I played in school, some of them I realised were actually quite violent. Do anyone remember Knuckles? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I used to do that with uh, scars. <laughs> yeah, full pack of cards, right? And take the skin off your knuckles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. I think that'd be one that'd be straight onto the um, health and safety board or whatever it is that they have for you know where kids have to wear glasses for playing Conkers. One of those sort of things. I just remember sitting in class and people would just punch you in the leg. And then you know it was like your turn, so you just had to like for the rest of that class you could you could you had had one punch to kind of get them back. But you always did the kind of heavyweight downward hook straight into the middle of their leg to try and give them a dead leg. So there's no game involved. There's no like no, just, just straight, straight out punching your mate well, as hard as you could. Do you ever play on the coach? If you, you ever on a coach in school, and if you saw a yellow car, you'd put a mini or something. You'd punch someone. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do that, but I. Uh, you're getting into coaches. Some of my pals, oh man, we we actually got pulled over by the police. Our coach. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm, I'm not. I mean, the, the, I'm getting into dangerous territory here because the guy. It was so we, we we used to get on this bus called the eight one two, right from from school back to back to our town because I actually went to school in a different town from where I grew up, and um, uh, oh no, my missus just walked in the room. She's gonna laugh at me about this. Um, and we, we 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 were known as the eight one two trouble crew because we would um we would every every week at assembly it would be would would the uh, members of the eight one true two bus please remain behind after assembly, and we'd all get there was about twenty of us and we'd all get a good talking to it. But there was actually uh, there was lots of stuff that went down. But there was one guy in particular who who always went um kind of above and beyond. You know, like you're in school, it's a bit boisterous. Um, you'd kind of you know mild bullying perhaps of people this guy always went like you know 110 out of out of 10 um throwing matches at people destroying their homework um uh he's in prison now for um 
trying to do a racially aggravated uh, abduction and um, assault on someone. So that guy, you know, you're in school with these characters. Yeah, you're in school with these characters that seem slightly warped. Turns out that they, they, they actually are, and, and this guy's like, you know, a, a real king c-word um so yeah took that to a weird place was he good at <laughs> knuckles though <laughs> yeah there was another thing so he, he 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 was a proper nutcase right and i used to go um i was a big like um drum and bass jungle raver in the 90s and uh, <laughs> can we just clip I, that off I, as a sound that's a sound clip please <laughs> <laughs> i love these uh, insights into gav's history that was a big jungle raver <laughs> yeah well it was huge every weekend right and um he uh, we were at um uh one nation in wembley arena right in like the new year's eve 95 and i don't know anyone listening that was that was in london at that time knew it it was a, a really kind of coming together of black and white scene the music everything was kind of Sort of, th- there was an aggressive vibe, but there was there was kind of a, a, an appreciation that race kind of didn't matter. This guy was—I I remember walking into the toilets, and he was—he was there, shirt off, with a swastika tattoo on his chest, and he was like, "All right, Gav," and I was like, "Oh my God, Jesus Christ, what are you doing here? Why have you got that out?" It's absolute nutcase. Um, it turns out, yeah, he was complete racist asshole. Uh, but. So I don't know why I got into this, but it's something that's stuck with me that I've been, I, you know, I just not a hate the guy. Well, was that the answer to your question, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, any of that could be used with kids. At one point, there was one more that I, okay. I wasn't sure if you guys remember, um, but it, it's it seems to be. Violent. Well, it seemed to be violent until I heard about Mr. Swastika. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mercy. Do you remember the guy? Do you guys remember Mercy? Oh, I do remember yeah. this. Although I can't remember the rules, but I remember playing. It was that you basically have you intertwined fingers with your mate. It's not a romantic thing, but then you'd have to make them give. In. It's like it's like wrestling, but you can only use your hands. So you have to yep. contort their arms until. Oh yeah, it. I remember that. Yeah. You just got to, like end up doing like crab moves. Well, I'm, I'm not encouraging people to, you know, make their kids fight each other for lo- in lockdown to bet on, but, you know. Well, that'd be good, wouldn't it, if you got two? <laughs> you could have some sort of lockdown cockfight with, with your kids. If you want. <laughs> Get them in a ring in the basement, invite invite your mates around and put bets on. You turn to the UK version of Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we started this show talking about Michael Vick, we're going to end it on it. <laughs> The UK Steelers podcast alleviating boredom in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Officially approved. Right, well, I have a bit of a story for you, if you don't mind. I'm going to sort of crash Dave's kebab corner with my own own, uh, story this week. Uh, Because my week was kind of derailed a little bit um, uh, on the weekend, right? Last weekend. Um, So basically, any of you watch Taskmaster? You know that show? Uh, with John Richardson, right? Yeah, and there's like a group of comedians, and basically, like, um, they give them a task. So, I don't know, whatever it could be. One of them's like, you've got to move this boulder as far from this spot as possible, or something, and they, what shows them doing it, or whatever. Anyway, the point is, you give them a task, and, and the comedians go and do it, and whoever wins, wins, right? So, we were playing like a version of this on Zoom with me and all my all my friends. Um, and there must have been about eight, eight, nine, ten of us on this call. And uh, <laughs> the quizmaster, she was about to give us this task, right? So I'm stood up, I'm waiting. She said, you're going to have to go get something. So she said to me, she said, go and find a picture of a cow, okay? So 
I stood up and I stood, I'm thinking to myself, a picture of a cow? Where am I going to get a picture of a cow? That's stupid. And then it suddenly dawned on me, right? Milk, right? Milk has pictures of cows on. So what did I do? Right? I'm, stood, I'm sat in my chair. I, I dived up. I sort of took one step and moved my other foot to reach it as I started to sprint out the room to get this milk first, right? The first person back gets the point. And uh, what did I do? I kind of decked my foot on my TV stand, right? So I go crumpled into the ground. You know like when you stub your toe or something, you go crumpled to the ground and hold your foot and you, ah, crap. Um, and, and I'm lying there thinking I've, de- I've like just decked my foot and hit this TV stand. Um, and then I kind of look down on it. Uh, and I look back up and I look down and there's uh, blood everywhere. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, Jeez. there's like blood all over the carpet. <laughs> I've like reached for the handle of my door and crawled out a little bit, uh, and I, I literally could not look at my foot. I looked down, and it was like that thing where you're immediately going to go dizzy um, and faint. And I kind of shouted for my housemate. I was like, "Seriously, come here!" So he came, uh, and I basically had gouged the top of my foot open. <laughs> <laughs> now I've never really had like a serious injury I've never broken a bone or had to get stitches or anything so I like thought I was bleeding out like I, I, I was like I was thinking this is the end like my life was I'm flashing dying. before my eyes were you reaching for your self revive kit your spamming triangle <laughs> yeah exactly I hadn't bought one right so I, I was literally like on the verge of passing out because I'm terrible with blood and injuries and stuff I was awful with it and uh, my, so my mate goes and rings 999 and ask, ask for an ambulance, right? So the the, the guy gets on the phone. Wait, it, uh, how bad was this cut? This, this, I'll, show, I'll, I'll send. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of it um, later uh, if you've got the stomach. Can for you it. describe it just for the listeners? How how deep actually? So it, were you, could we see bones or tendons? Any? No, I, so that was the thing. It was one of. The, so I couldn't see a bone. No, however, when looking at it, it had the kind of view where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to see a bone!" Like it was that deep. It was like um, a good inch, inch or so deep. And, a good. A chunk of flesh hanging off. Yeah, it? well, not hanging off, but there, there was like a, a ravine in the middle between sort of my middle toes going halfway down my foot. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Um, oh, a horrible one! Like you split your you split your foot down the sort of down from the front. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so it wasn't so so long. It was probably like two or three inches, right? It wasn't massive, but it, but it was it just it was the it was the worst thing I'd ever done to myself. I, I knew immediately, and I was I, it was just a shock to the system. So, so it's quite it sounds quite significant. How come we didn't we didn't get notified of this? Well, the, I was the, thinking the, about it, and the then UK I just UK podcast host was in serious mortal <laughs> danger. So I was going to just drop it on you during the podcast, right? This was this was why I didn't tell you what week. So <laughs> the, the 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 guy gets on the phone, the paramedic. And he's try- I think what he was probably trying to do was assess whether I needed an ambulance, right? Um, up until now, I thought I was going to pass out. I'd, I'd felt like really sick, and like I, nearly, I felt like I was nearly going to faint. But I- when he gave me the phone, I kind of like sobered up, if you will, right, and started talking to him. And I, <laughs> I said to him, he was like, "Can you wiggle your toes?" I was like, "Yes." Um, we'd wrapped like a-, a dirty tea towel around my foot because it was all that was to hand. <laughs> Just to get- <laughs> my housemate nice. had run in initially with a plastic bag, and I was like, what- "What's that going to do?" <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, he decides, right, listen, you don't need an ambulance, just keep it wrapped up um, and, and get a taxi to the hospital, right? So we got the taxi to the hospital and I ended up getting stitches, right? And um, he injected my foot with local anaesthetic. And Oh my God, local anaesthetic, if you get it injected in your foot, is painful. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, I had an involuntary, involuntary um, language warning uh, in the middle of the A&E. But... Yeah, so, so basically, the long story short was I kind of wanted to ask if... Um, any of you lot had any, any major injuries or anything? Because this was my first experience of it. Um, and again, this really was, in terms of major injuries, this was very minor, right? I mean, 
<laughs> eventually I could hobble around and now I'm kind of hobbling around on my own but um, yeah I just wondered if uh, anyone had any major injuries or any uh, uh, stories of, of broken bones or stitches or anything like that I'm guessing Gav's the prime candidate for this with all his fighting <laughs> Dave Dave, I, I was thinking you were going to have like be a chainsaw merchant that's probably had a near <laughs> miss or two. The, wor- the worst I've had is well, chainsaws of like you, you wear chainsaw trousers, so the material will naturally stop. So it, it will stop the chain. Ooh. So if it touches it, it clogs the chain up, so it won't move. But you will still cut yourself a bit. But the worst I've had is from. Um, I've had two. The, the, the worst I've had is probably from one from a hedge cutter because I've swung it trying to reach something and it's cut my leg so i've had like a, a three inch cut in my leg and i've also cut my thumb nearly always nearly all the way through my thumb with a pair of secateurs <sighs> because I, I was holding a branch and trying to I, I couldn't reach it with with um the saw i was using so i forget i'll just reach over and reached over and didn't realize my thumb was behind it and cut through it and my, my thumb was behind it and like cut massive gouge out of my out of my thumb that was pretty painful but um there's other people around so i couldn't cry or anything so i had to wait till i got home (laughs) (laughs) it didn't stop me yeah that's probably the worst i've had other than the sort of usual bumps and bruises involved with bar fights you know it's um as you'd expect yeah talking of like uh garden uh implements i had one dropped on my head once um not a chainsaw thank god uh, but like it was one of those like extendable um you like that you know the ones you buy from home base places like that the extendable loppers that you can get the, the branches up high and then you've got a um a bit of string that you pull to activate sort of the cutting mechanism you sort of know those ones you've got like the yeah. pole and then the so that and uh yeah it was about sort of 10 years ago and uh you know, me and my brother were given you know a, a sunday job to go in the garden and cut down some trees and uh yeah we we're cutting down one of the branches and i stupidly uh gave my brother sort of the the extendable end and said hold on to this um while i grabbed the string end and basically hung off it with my feet off the floor trying to cut this thick branch and obviously when uh, it cut the branch the branch started coming down it came down towards my brother so he dropped <laughs> he dropped the whole um you know the the secretaries and ran to avoid the branch and the thing came down the top of my head and uh, <laughs> Oh. so like uh split my head open quite badly um so i was about you know uh, years ago i was about sort of 12 at the time my brother was about six or seven so you know a nice safe um safe job but uh yeah split my head open massively and um my mum blessed her, was a proper stay-at-home mum and it was the first time she'd worked away from home like since she'd had kids so it's the first weekend my dad had been entrusted with us since she'd been away <laughs> She got a phone call uh, like ten in the morning, being like, "Yeah, don't panic, we're in A and E." Yeah, I got about fourteen stitches in the top of my head. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that was, how's, was, how's the uh, the visage now? No, uh, no lasting scars or anything? You okay? No, nah, not quite. Got the uh, didn't quite get the whole Mason Rudolph memes after it either. Though it was up quite <laughs> upsetting. But uh, oh, the worst bit about it was getting there. Obviously, you go to the hospital, sit in the waiting room, and as a year kid, so they kind of see you quite quickly, but. Obviously, they then have to have a look at the cut, and at that time, all the blood and the hair sort of matted over the cut. Worst place. And then they've got to Ooh. pull it apart to have a look at it. Ah, oh, shit. That's that's the that was the worst part. That was that was the worst part of the whole thing. Did they give you like anaesthetic, like in your head? I don't know how that works. Uh, no, because it's because uh, like the the skin's so close to the bone there. Oh, um, okay. They basically couldn't really do anything. So they Did they glue um, it. Or? They went they went to glue it, um, but 
they couldn't because uh, this because the skid had split and spread, so they basically then had to had to stitch it. So yeah, that was um yeah my gardening uh, experience is uh, quite yeah. dramatic. Oh, I've just thought of another one. It's kind of kitchen based though. It's probably the, it's probably the, the single most painful experience of my life that I was chopping chili for for I can't remember what I was making now, but I was chopping up a chili and then touched my eyes. Oh yeah, that's right. And but I, you know what, you know, you know that really good rub of your eyes. You know, you got a really bad itch in your eye. You rub for like a good five minutes. Oh, uh, you went it, for it. It feels awesome when you're doing it. Yeah, it's a great eye rub. This is, and I stopped. <laughs> And it was like the devil was in my eyes. It was horrible. <laughs> There's no I, way to go with that one either. I just no, ran upstairs, and it, it was horrible. I I was practically crying. It's, it was absolutely the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. It's worse, you know, the whole thing about being kicked in the balls. This this was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. It was horrible. No, dude. Yeah. See, I, I feel really soft now because I, I only got five stitches, I think, and, and and you know, Matt's got fourteen stitches in his head. As a kid, no concerns. That's pretty major. I was like, I was crying on the uh, the doctor's table, like begging him for a drink because I was going to be sick. But... Yeah, mine probably had more long-lasting effects, though. It probably affected me in later life. Oh, don't worry. I'll be using this as an excuse not to exercise for months. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, my. I, I, I haven't really had any to be honest. I've... I'm a bit of a Jordan Reed. I've been like concussed five times, um, starting off when I was about eight. So I think I think what happened is I had concussion at a very young age, and now I'm just like a concussion case, um, like a sort of Luke Keekley. So any kind of head injury, I'm just concussed instantly. Oh my god! But um, yeah, uh, so I was playing football when I was a kid. Just uh, went up, and both me and the other lad came down, a bit knocked out. But uh, in, in terms of more interesting things, uh, I kind of. I, I sort of ended my mate's football career on the Hackney Marshes, um, trying to save his life, actually. But it, it, he brings it up almost weekly about how I've ended his career because I, I dislocated his shoulder because we were um, we were in Nepal, white white water rafting, and like I don't know if you've been to that part of the world, but you feel very far away from any kind of hospital safety. And we we were white, we were doing this uh, yeah in the rapids. And and the, the the guy on the raft had said, if anyone falls in, just you need to get them out of the water straight away because there's rocks and like they you know they're in, they're in serious danger. Get them back on the boat. Um, and the way to do it is to, to they've got you've got a life vest on, like push them down, and then and the the life the life vest will kind of pop them back up like a cork. And when on the on the upstroke, like bring them on board. So my mate fell in, and we all fell in at various points, but my mate fell in. Down he went, so I thought, all oh, right, I, this is my chance. And I went for it, so I properly dunked him. And as I dunked him, yeah, I dislocated his shoulder. So then, then I, I, I pulled him back on board, and he just was like white, and then it kind of popped back in. And um, yeah, I felt bad. It, it, it was bad, but I, it was the right intentions. But um, it reminds me of another story from from the Hackney Marshes that um, there, there's there's I, I'm pretty I'm about seventy five percent sure this is true because it, it it went round that this had happened that uh, a, a bloke playing football with, had, had dislocated his hip so he he was lying on the he'd gone in for a tackle and his leg had gone the wrong way and his yeah his pelvis had, had dislocated so someone came over trying to be helpful and and tried to pop what well, did pop his his uh his hip joint back into socket unfortunately what they didn't realize is that one of his balls had gone inside <sighs> His no, socket. So no. when he put it back in, it crushed his ball and was trapped. So this guy oh, was absolutely oh. writhing around in agony and had to 
had to be, you know, had to have an air ambulance come and take him to Whitechapel Hospital, where he had to have his leg re-dislocated to free his his poor testy, to then oh. have it back in. Can you imagine? No, no, I, I don't even want to. Gav, you, you've ruined everyone's day with it. I mean, <laughs> this, we're, we're never going to get listeners back. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a bit, a bit of a harsh note tonight. Sorry, I think I've, I think I've heard of this happening before. Like, I've, I've, I think I've heard that story. I don't know if it was on the Hackney Rashes, but I, feel, I think I've heard something similar. I've heard of cricket injuries where, like, um, someone's been hit in the in the box in the the, the groinal guard in the Todgers, and it's and it's uh, it's split open. And a part of the scrotum has gone through it, and oh. then it's closed again. Right, oh. Jesus! I used to be a paintball marshal when I used to wear a cricket box. I was one of the few that did. I, I can't believe that less people would do that. Because um, you get hit in the balls by a paintball gun, especially at point blank range. You, you're down, man. That that is major. But actually, the worst um, paintball injury that I ever saw was. Um, I was adjudicating this game and we, we used to do a system every paintball thing's different but we had a thing where we had a main referee and then two sub referees I was only ever a sub referee because I was doing it when I was like 16, 17 this guy ran in to like they had a hut thing going on and you had you know people up top shooting down on his team so he ran in thinking he was you know like being Rambo or whatever shooting up through the floor um, but one of one of the other teams spotted him and just shot him straight in the windpipe because he was looking up and his windpipe just closed immediately, and he he was really struggling for air. It was a proper, and like, you know, something like that happens. None of us are medically trained, really. We're just a bunch of chances that are working on a farm, you know. It's like uh, this guy's going to die here. Um, so you know, he like shut the game down, pulled the mask off, trying to open his airway, and, and he was fine actually in the end. But it was pretty scary there for a second. So um, don't 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 uh, look up if you ever go and paintballing. Would be my tip. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, it, it's just one of the things, right? It, it just kind of, it, it makes me, it's crazy how things can just go from zero to a hundred like that. Like, it made me realise how bad I would be, like, in war, you know? Like, you ever watch a TV, you know, like a film or a TV show, and, like, someone kind of gets, like, shot in the arm? Like, we're watching that um, that new Chris Hemsworth film on Netflix, Extraction, and you kind of see him, like, you know, this is an action film, he's, like, getting shot and stuff, and, and you kind of see it, and if it's, like, if it's somewhere non-fatal, you just think, ah, well, he's fine, you know, he's just going to get up and, and carry on. And I get like a small cut on my foot, and that's it. It's me out for weeks. <laughs> I, I don't understand how people do it. You know, like we talked about last week about that tight end, the Bears tight end, right? Who nearly lost his leg on the field. If something like that happened to me. I just think I'd be like, that'd be it. <laughs> I'd just keel over, and that'd, that'd be the end of me because I just don't have the the will to survive. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't made for the tough stuff. I, I I'm, I'm I'd belong behind a desk, unfortunately. But I was joking with the doctor. I was saying, you know, I, I played American football and, and never got any bloody injuries, and then, you know, hurt myself in my own flat, hit, kicking a TV stand. So. <laughs> Me and my missus were talking tonight about being in a care home when we're older. I was saying, I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> what, what now? I, I, no, not now. But I think you know, I can see it. I, I, I'm not like worried. I'm not. That doesn't disturb me. She's like disturbed by the idea of being in a care home when she's like 80. You know, and I was thinking I'd be alright with it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'd be pretty disturbed by that. I don't know. Yeah, you into them, you smelt them. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. My my grandparents. I, I, obviously, you want to be in a nicer one, but um, I just I just think you know you'd, you'd be surrounded by people of similar age, and you got you know nothing to worry about. Maybe maybe I'm being deluded. I don't know. 
I don't know. To be fair, my, my, my granddad's in a uh, like an assisted living, so I suppose it's not a full-on care home, but like assisted living. He moved there a couple of years ago, like earlier than he needed to, but he he, he didn't want to be a burden to anyone. He said so. He moved there early, but he loves it because he's the youngest one there by about ten years, which you know, makes him pretty much a teenager compared to the rest of them. And uh, yeah, he organises the weekly, you know, jigsaw club, and uh, you know, he's the bingo caller on Thursday nights. I mean, you've got all this exciting stuff to look forward to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just it was a ta- you know this is a taste of retirement, right? This this not working for me and you know being in the home and just doing jigsaws or whatever. I was thinking you know I can see it. I can I can see it's on the horizon. You know I'm, I'm halfway to eighty. I can see it. You know maybe it won't be so bad. Which one of us would be the, like the the pervy old man in the retirement home <laughs> who just like lusts <laughs> after the the nurses? Well, you've raised the question, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> must have thought about it to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about jigsaws, Dave. You're thinking about grabbing nuts' asses. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. On that note, on the grabbing nurses' asses note, we'll. <laughs> I like to leave it on that kind of sort of position. Um, Matt, you've said it all. Um, you've been great. We'd love to have you on again. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Anything you want to uh, plug? Any uh, you want to plug your Twitter account, or, or, or you know, you're not plugging it to many people, like, but. Uh, no, I appreciate it, guys. It's been yeah, awesome to come on and speak to some uh, speak to some fellow fans. Absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm a bit behind on the old tech game, but um, so not really up on the old Twitter yet. But uh, hey, you know, it's been brilliant to talk to you guys. It'll be yeah, great to do it again sometime. It's been uh, been amazing. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, I reached out to uh, uh, Callum. Uh, is it Callum Mattox on the Facebook group who who, who kindly offered to. Um, do some next year because I think we we realised we we'd bitten off more than we could chew in the draft process in evaluating 250 prospects. We just couldn't do it. We could we couldn't get through you know with with lives and everything else. So we, we I was saying I think we need more people as being part of the team to kind of come you know just just have something to say about each of the prospects because there were people drafted McFarland. We didn't talk about McFarland in the draft process, which mm. feels you know makes us feel stupid we talked about a load of running backs we didn't talk about McFarland. so so callum kind of offered his services you know he wants to do some scouting so if, if, if you're up for that as well then that would be great if you could you know it sounds like you're into the college game and everything so yeah if you want to be part of part of this and part of the draft process then yeah we'd be we'd be grateful to have you yeah well i appreciate that guys yeah it'd be, yeah, it'd be brilliant yeah so yeah it fits in well with um yeah what i, what I love doing so um yeah i'm all ears it'd be uh yeah it'd be really good to be a part of that thanks Awesome. Cool. Yeah, it'll be good fun. Cool. Well, uh, follow the podcast at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Um, follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart and Gav at GM Boom Op. Um, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. Yeah!